Hey guys, before we get into today's sit down with the one, the only, Miss Leanne Lockin, I have to tell you guys about one of my absolute favorite housewife fan pages. It's at Bravo Housewives on Instagram, and it is followed by over 260,000 people. It's a lot of freaking people. And they have been so successful in keeping us all up to date for the past three years, really on what all of our favorite Bravo Housewives are doing. I seriously check this page all day, guys. Now, Bravo Housewives on Instagram, they do a great job. They stay impartial. That's what I like. They stay impartial on reporting everything going on in the Real Housewives franchise. They're just here to report what's going on. They don't take sides. And they always remain up to date on the latest breaking news in the Bravo sphere. If something happens, they report on it. I think within minutes, seconds, I don't know. They seem to just be on top of everything. And Bravo Housewives does fun fun weekly polls and questions for their followers that keep people like engaged and yearning for more. I mean, they also report on the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast quite a bit. So, I mean, they can't be all that bad. But let me tell you, they don't play favorites. If I don't bring it here for you guys at Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, I don't appear on the Bravo Housewives page. There's no special treatment here. They also, they post amazing sneak peek clips before the Housewives episode. So you know what is great about at Bravo Housewives on Instagram? I'm being really serious. This is what's great. They have everything in one place. So they have clips, they have fun polls, and they have all the gossip. So you don't have to go around to a bunch of different pages. So go and check out my friends at Bravo Housewives on Instagram. You're going to get news. You're going to get clips. You're going to get throwbacks. You're going to get polls all in one place, all the drama, all the excitement. It's a fun page at Bravo Housewives. Check them out. And now our chat with the one and only Leanne Locken. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. And we just, we have to get right into it today, you guys, because we are here with really the only way to say it is the one, the only Ms. Leanne fucking Lockin. That made my day. (laughs) Did that make your day? It is because I have one of my dearest best friends is Heidi Dillon and she calls herself Heidi fucking Dillon. And, um, and so, yeah, that just made my day. I mean, some people just need a soft introduction. I just, I don't think that that's you today. No, it's never me. Uh, what does your shirt say? Does your shirt say anything fun there? No, nothing fun. Just Gucci. Oh my God. Okay. First of all, I'll have to show you my bag after. I have a bag with the same snake on it. Gucci is, do you know that we talk about, like you like, you like read my mind. We talk about Gucci. I have a little Gucci obsession. I talk about Gucci on the show all the time. I love Gucci. I have a shit ton of Gucci. Can I cuss on you? Yeah. <laughs> you can say anything you want. Gucci is literally my life. But that is, I, I never saw that shirt. I'm so jealous. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, this was a fun one. And I liked it because it was pink and white so I could wear it around ham and it would be like a, I'm like, 
Oh my God. You're, we're going right there. Listen, Cam does not own the color pink, does she? She, she definitely thinks she does. She does. Well, there's a couple of housewives that do. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So I know Lisa Vanderpump for sure, but she's, yeah. And Cam. And I guess that's, that's probably it. Yeah. But I mean, Lisa Vanderpump really started that thing. She did. So you would give the color pink to Lisa Vanderpump before you would give it to Cam. I mean, I'm not dumb. I'm going to go with, listen, I was raised by my grandparents. So I learned to respect those who came before us and paved a way for us. And that is certainly something that Vanderpump did and still doing for the, the, the youth on Vanderpump rules. I mean, you, that is such a politically correct answer, Leanne. Well, thank you, because we all know I'm the furthest thing from politically correct. <laughs> but it is truly how I feel. Um, and what are you drinking now? Can I call you out? You're drinking something. Yes, I'm having um, grape Kool-Aid and vodka. Okay, I have to. I have to start. It's like I was just saying to you, I have to start having more fun in quarantine. It's all I've had. I mean, child, I was so happy when the nail salons opened because it was like, I would not I, show anyone my hands. I started literally painting super glue and dipping it in powder. Who does that? Um... I have a friend in Texas, in Houston, and yeah, so like you guys are kind of softly opened, right? Yes, I have gone to the nail salon. I got a mani-pedi. Um, I, yes, uh, Saturday, I uh, went out and volunteered to help feed uh, 140 families with Keeping Families Connected. And then after that, my dear friend Cynthia and I uh, went and had breakfast at a restaurant called Lucky's. And I just, I gotta tell you, it was like, we sat outside and waited 30 minutes to go in there because we were like, no, it's happening. I would have stayed for five hours. Like, who the hell yeah. cares at that point? Yeah. Plus, they had mimosas and, you know. So. I do know. I, I had a moment on Saturday where, like, I'm, I'm over it. I'm going to leave New York soon. Like, not permanently. Like, l- let's not get Leanne's just, mouth is dropped okay. open. Yeah, like, I'm just going to leave. Like, if we're going to take another 60 days to open here, then I need to go away for Come here. Days. My best friend lives in New York, you know, and he is always like, he's like, what are you doing today? And I'm like, oh, you know, because I re, basically, quarantine has been this thing for my household on the planet because in my past, you know, I, I'm not someone who takes time to rest or create a nest well, I, I, I'm just, you know, I'm this kind of girl. Like, if it's open, honey, I'm going, you know? And I'm always gone, always gone. And yes, I may be pouring a cup of coffee and look at my yard and think, God, I really need to do something with that yard. But now with the quarantine, I was like, oh my God. Like, I'm forced to look at it and it's driving me insane. So I have recreated, I gained about 2,000 square feet living space with this patio and I put in all new uh, outswing French doors and I took a plain brown fence and turned it into like wisteria trees and ivy and wow. We're like the same person, me too. I am never home. I'm home for like a minute and a half. Yeah. And so like in that sense, like, you know, I mean, listen, I've enjoyed, you know, I haven't been miserable this whole time. Just yeah. Saturday, I had a moment of like, huh, I think I need to just step away from life and go and do something different for just a day. But now I'm back like mentally. I'm 
And you had a drive-by happy one-year anniversary. I did. Wasn't that sweet? I was actually back here with my husband and we would, he, he made me a little breakfast and some coffee and, um, and I was giggling with him because, you know, he's kind of a child. I started this new on my Instagram. I started this new highlight. It's called heart and with a lappy face. And it's just basically he and I doing stupid stuff, like how we really are. I love it. So I was asking him, what's, what's your favorite app? And, you know, and he was like, Oh, I like the ring doorbell. I go, bullshit. You have a fart app. Just own that you have a fart app and that you love it. You know? And he was like, okay, I have a fart. And then we heard, and I was like, oh my God, what the hell? So it was fun. That is fun. So you guys are, so it's like, it's kind of like the perfect situation. You're still quarantined, but you get to get out a little bit. Yeah. You know what? I mean, we're open. Texas is open, but we're not, I think Texans are being very responsible, which is good. I think so. Um, so, I, you know. I think so. Well, Dallas is on one of my places that I'm attending. Like, I, I don't, don't tell me to come there twice. Like, you don't realize I just get on planes and travel all over. Like, I have no. No, the Roundup will be opening soon. But we're going to talk about the Roundup. Because, you know, I've never been, I've, I've been to Dallas, but like, I've never been to the Roundup. So we have to talk about the Roundup. I mean, here's the thing. Does the roundup, do you, I mean, they need, like the same way the Regency in New York needs to give Harry Dubin and Tom something, the roundup, you put them on the map, sweetie. I actually didn't. Do you know who is yes. the favorite club of the roundup? Who? Gaga. That really? Favorite t- club, yes. And so, um, no, actually, Lady Gaga started mentioning them way before I did. But it is my favorite club in the city because they've got a karaoke room. They've got, a, the Roundup is kind of like my, me and my personality. What you looking for, we got a room filled with it, you know, except for swingers. So, I mean, you know, I, it's fun. I like that. Oh, so I had no idea that Lady Gaga put them on the map. Lady Gaga has mentioned them, definitely. But you know, when uh, Andy and Anderson were here uh, and on their tour, that's where they went after their tour. I was like, oh! The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. This summer, the world must answer one question. Why has no one made a popsicle that gets you high yet? That's right, it's summer, and it's time for you to get your hands on America's new favorite product, Danksicles. 20 milligrams of THC in two great flavors, the latest and greatest innovation from IndiCloud. Is IndiCloud the greatest company to come out of America? Maybe. But what we do know for sure is that IndiCloud is the best way to get dispensary-grade cannabis delivered directly to your door, 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or, of course, popsicles that get you high as What are you waiting for? Go to indicloudco spring24 and get discreet delivery on top-shelf THC products. 
Head over to indicloud.co slash spring24. That's co.com to snag 30% off your first order. And well, yeah, I mean, I don't know where else I'd expect them to go. And speaking of Andy, uh, last year around this time, you were on the Pride float. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm so sad that all the Prides around the country have been canceled, postponed. Um, God, you know what? June is usually my favorite month, not just because it's my birthday, but because it truly is the month of love and love wins. And I just, you know, my heart is rainbow colored. So when is your birthday? My birthday is in June too. June 7th. I'm June 9th. We'll have do to do a Zoom cocktail happy hour. We, we need to do that. And do you know you have the same birthday as Prince? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know that Geminis are very creative. I love being a Gemini. I do, too. If you don't like me, give me a minute. Being a Gemini, right. If you don't like me, give me a minute. And don't give me two minutes because I'm going to get over it. Like, it's just exactly. Gemini's. Oh, my right? God. That's so true. Like, look, I'm going to make a joke. If you laugh, you laugh. If you don't, I'll try one more and then I'm done. Exactly. And then, and like you said, like, sometimes I like to do this. Like, I just, I got to be doing a lot of things at once. Or you get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I can't really do just one thing at a time. No, no. I have multiple projects going on. Me too. So speaking of pride, uh, did you think you were going to be in an episode of The Real Housewives of New York in that, in that cab with, between Sonia and Tinsley? Um, no, have they, have they, did they put pride in their show? No, but like when they remember when they were fighting in the back of uh, that cab? Yeah, I, I, I haven't forgotten that. Um, no, but you know, I, what we were on Atlanta, they showed the Atlanta crew was there. So we were, we were definitely on Atlanta, but, um, totally. No, I was just kidding about New York. Like that was an awkward day. And I'm going to say something. I've never stood up and opened my mouth about that day, but I'm going to tell y'all something. Everybody thinks it was like, Sonia was being a bitch. Tensley would not drop it. And it was like, I mean, Kelly said something. I said something. This had been going on since 11 a.m. And then she gets in the cab and starts it again, or Uber and starts it again. And I was just like, (gasps) you pretty much put her in her place. Well, I mean, we all did. It was like, we were just like over it. And then we're pulling up to the club and there's like this line of a hundred people getting ready to go in the club. And I'm thinking to myself, this is where this is going to go viral. We're going to get out. Tinsley's going to keep yapping. And And then it went viral. Yeah. And then it was. So that's why we were like, we're here. Was Tinsley the most annoying housewife of that day? I mean, she just, she just wouldn't let go of this one dumb thing that was so like, God, I wish that was all that I had to deal with on my show. And you, you're not letting, you're, you got a hard on for that. Like, it was like, you didn't serve me the right ice. And I was like, oh, please let's trade lives. You're like, honey, have you seen Dallas? Like, I've got it a little harder. Not even Kelly. Kelly was like, are you kidding? They said I pulled a train. And I was like, they said my husband cheats on me. I mean, it's just, it, it's just, it was so dumb that I see why Sonya gets so quickly annoyed. Right, totally. Um, what was I going to say? Who, who did you, did you meet anyone that day that like you never met before of the housewives that you were just like, I am totally bonding with this person? I, I mean, I got to spend more time with Patricia. Um, oh, she's a good one. 
He's such an angel. Um, no, I think I pretty much met everyone that was there for the float. I mean, you know. You've seen a, them before. It was such a fun day. I've got to tell you. The crowd and the feeling and the energy and... I mean, were you there? Did you go down to Pride? I was, so I was with Margaret. So I'm really good friends with Margaret Joseph from New Jersey. Yes. So I was with her mother, Mart Senior. We were like, we were along Fifth Avenue, but in like an office building looking uh. down. So like when the Bravo flow came by, like Margaret looked up at us. Like if we were like at a private party, it was fun. Yeah, how fun. Um, it was sea of people all radiating this positive wonderful energy it just it's the one thing i think that's why i love june so much because it's the one time of the year that i'm just wish the world was like this all the time you know i just do seriously i'm very upset that we're missing pride this year yeah. So now I have a question for you. Now on Real Housewives of Dallas, this is just really my own lack of knowledge. Like I know you've talked about this many times. Like I have a vision in my head, but I want to hear it directly from you. So growing up a carny, yeah. I'm picturing this, but tell me like really like what is it? So like it was during the summer, mm -hmm. summers you went with your mother and you went like literally like kind of like Gypsies, Tramps and Thieves, the share song. Cause that's what yep. I picture. That's 100 Actually, I grew up with gypsies, full-blooded gypsies. Um, when I was really young, like six or seven, a uh, full-blooded gypsy put a blessing on me, which I think is one of the things that has turned me into like this phoenix, you know, is that I, I'm a survivor. I, I have a, this blessing on my, on my body and my life. And, um, and it was interesting. It was fun. You know, when you first start anything as a kid, fun, you're like, oh, this is awesome. And then I realized very quickly when I started making money at it that this was a business. And so when I was 11, I bought my games and I had adults working for me and built up a tremendous amount of money and retired at 16. Okay, so let's go back. So now how do you build up? Like, how do you, so like, what did your mother do in the carnival? Okay. What did you do? I'm, I'm just, I did these things really intrigue me. Yeah, no, um, so I started at three. Um, my mom put me on the duck pond. My mom got introduced to the Carney lifestyle with um, her second husband, um, whose last name I carry, because he was the longest husband. Um, and then he was sort of like, I think he had a, a, a haunt, he had rides, like, you know, but fun rides. And so, um, my mom got introduced and then when he had rides she decided that she would um have games and then we all went to the buster uh bill bill Haines show buster brown's show uh who actually the ferris wheel at the texas state fair was donated by their family um so i grew up with them and uh she managed that there was a time when um barnum asked her to come do handle marketing for the circus um my mom my mom was a killer my mom was a shark like everything you see about my quick wit my sharp personality my quick you know judgments that's all comes from my mom um but you know so yeah i started you know working for other people and then as i got older and realized this was a business that i could do for myself that's when i i bought my i bought my first game was a tip up the coke 
on the back of a popcorn box. So. And what do you, how do you play that? Well, it's, it's a, it's a, a string on the end of a fishing pole kind of, and you have to take the coat it up without it falling off. It's an art. So there's games of chance, which are called flat joints. And then there are games of skill. So, you know, and the trick is that you all bring her at every game of skill. Interesting. And then you just have people working underneath you. Yeah. And then you hire people. Yeah. And then you retired at 16. At 16 with tons of money in my bank account. So that's like uh, interesting. Cause I mean, that's exactly how I picture it. I just didn't know if that really is truly. It was was so fun. I had a, you know, boyfriend in every city and it was just very, for a Gemini, it was very exciting because every weekend was a different city, a different people. There was always, now mind you, there were also times when, I mean, I got beat, I got mugged. I got beat up by two girls. Um, I got stalked by a guy who escaped an insane asylum. Um, there was, you know, I mean, plenty of drama. Listen, the life of a gypsy is not, you know. It's not. You can't go to the church every day and praying and raising your hands and speaking in tongues and all that. Right. There's like a lot going on with it. Yeah. But like you said, for a Gemini, that's probably perfect. Uh, and you think about it at night, all the rides had music blaring and there were lights going on and flashing. It was the most energizing place to be for me as a child. You know? I, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. And then, you know, like you've also been very open, which I mean, I appreciate. I think fans appreciate like on the show, you know, just about like, your abuse as a child. And so was that ever, like, did you ever think you would hold that back from being on the show? Or was that, I was just like, I'm signing up for a reality show. Here no, it is. I, I've never held it back. I, um, before I even spoke about it on the show, there are several organizations in town that, um, where we're asked um, as as leaders of the community to come and share our experiences so that people are go- who are going through it realize that there's hope on the other end. And so, you know, many times I've started a, a talk with, I've sat where you sat. I've felt how you feel right now. You know, it gets better, I promise, but it's all up to you. And so, no, I mean, I think one of the biggest sorrows I have about sharing so much of my struggles on the show was that it wasn't, wasn't very well respected by the rest of the cast, which is sad to me because there was such a potential to help people. Right. And speaking of the cast, so how did you first get involved? <laughs> Leanne's like, let me take a drink as we head okay. into the, the Real Housewives of Dallas conversation. Um, but how did you, cause it wasn't supposed to be part of the housewives franchise in the beginning, right? No. And I think they, you know, I think they knew that there was a potential of it because it was an all female cast, but it was originally called how to make it in Dallas. And it was really genuinely about nonprofit, how women connect and communicate and get along in the nonprofit world and all the different levels and all that. So that's why there was so much charity talk in the beginning because it was a show built around kind of my life, you know? And, um, and so when it became housewives is when, you know, it it was, you kind of knew you were, things were going to take a turn for the worse. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, having, did you watch like Bravo before you were cast on this show? Not really. But you knew what Housewives. A lot of TV. I mean, that's the problem, you know? I'm, I'm, it, as a Gemini, it has to be such highly uh, intelligent television for me that otherwise I just get bored. So you don't watch Tiger King or anything like that? I've not watched Tiger King and I'll tell you why. Cause everybody's like, oh my God, Leanne, you would love Tiger King. And I'm like, why? That's how I grew up. What you think about these white trash people, that's how I grew up. Trailer park to trailer park, hooking up the, the dump pump. I mean, come on, like, like you find it so entertaining because it's so different from your lifestyle, but been there, smelt that, moving right. on. And you know that uh, Joe Exotic worked at the Roundup. Well, he met his first husband or second husband at the Roundup. Yeah. Yeah, I think first husband. I, I thought that was kind of funny. Tells you everybody meets at the Roundup. Listen, <laughs> is this why I'm single? Is it because I haven't gone to the Roundup? I can't. I I have to say. Or is it because I live in New York City, one of the worst cities for dating? Well, I do have a friend that lives in New York City who was single forever. And recently, I think a little over a year, found a boyfriend. So there's always hope. There is hope. There is hope even if you live in New York or LA. There's actually hope, I guess. I lived in LA. That was a tough town. It's a tough one. Yeah. Um, right. So that was the original show that we were supposed to have. And like, did you know any of the other women that were in the show, like that first season, like before? I mean, so here's, the, here's how it works. I mean, first of all, they hire a casting company who then looks through all of the, um, the local magazines and the newspapers and the who's who and, the, and who gets photographed at what events and how often you're in there. And so they send out original emails to people who in these society rags, you know, and um, I received that email. And then when you receive that email, what they do is they put you on the interview list, but then they ask you to recommend 10 friends so that they're constantly getting this spill out of people. So everybody on my show was recommended from someone other than me. I received the email. So that's why I kind of consider myself the OG of Dallas. Because you got the original email and you're original the one. Email. And, and nobody you, needs to recommend. nobody needs to recommend my ass for nothing. It was all so you you were the one responsible for putting like Brandy or Stephanie or one of them, and then it just kind of. I did down. not recommend either of them. I did not know them. Did you recommend Tiffany? I recommended Tiffany Marie. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> Carrie was recommended by Courtney Ryder, who was her friend in season one. So then the show was cast. Right now. Now, what is it about, you know, because listen, in New York, you can go to a different charity event every night if you want. Every night in Texas, too. Well, that's the thing. So, like, what is, like, the charity? Because you're right. In the beginning, it was all about this charity world. Like, what, what is the charity world? Like, how is it different in Dallas? Like, why is it such a big thing there? Because it's how we genuinely socialize with each other. I think the city of Dallas is probably the most charitable city in the entire country. We raise more money for more organizations. We do more good in our community. Our community, while there is still suffering, probably has the least amount of suffering of any Metroplex because of who we are and the level of compassion we have in the city, you know? So I'm very proud to be a Dallasite. 
And how did you get, because there's all this talk about like the name, we'll get into the last name Westcott and the last name Simmons, but like, you know, you didn't have that last name. So re remind me again, like how but you I've got never, involved. I've never claimed to have the name or the bank account or any of that. Um, I have connections and I have my own personal power. And most of my power comes from my authenticity and honesty. And that is a reputation that's very difficult to get in this city. Is that a knock on Deandra or Cameron? Not at all. It's the truth about me. You are, listen, you are very real and you just kind of tell it like it is. And I don't know how else to be. I know that I'm not politically correct about everything I say and do, but I really don't care about that. Like I want my, to get my point across. You know, if my point takes political incorrectness to get it across, then that's what I'm going to do. You know, if my point is shocking to get it across, that's what I'm going to do. Right. I, I'm boring. I don't like to be boring. I don't think anyone would ever say Leanne Locking is boring. I mean, maybe they would, but I'm not so sure that I know anyone that would say that. Well, good. That's all I <laughs> I wouldn't say that, and I really can't think of anyone who could. Um, so then the show starts, you get cast, and then, so was that kind of when you met, like, did you know, like, Brandy, Stephanie, Carrie, did you know them before this? Or? I knew Carrie Duber from the charity world. Um, I knew Courtney from the charity world. Um, and, you know, Tiffany was my friend, Marie was my friend, and then Brandy and Stephanie, I had not necessarily met before, like, really knew them. Um, and I think that was why it was so shocking to me when Brandy, you know, the very first out of the gate episode of season one, Brandy sits me down and she's like, you know, it's really selfish of you to share your story of being molested as a child. And I was like, I, I, the words were, I just, I could, I, I've never been, I think I'd been around the charity scene for so long that I'd never been around someone who was so crass. And, um, and so incorrect. Um, and I was so shocked. I remember the night that we filmed that, like they left, I, I, I excused myself because I was like, this isn't going to go anywhere and I'm not going to behave poorly in my friend's home. So I excused myself and went up and did the dishes. And I remember Tiffany coming over and being like, are you okay? And I was like, no, that bitch, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then, um, and then I was just livid. And then Marie was like, Leanne, we have people to clean. Stop. We have people to clean. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine, you know? And then I remember walking out and I took my mic off and I slammed it in the uh, associate's hand. And he goes, oh my God, I've never seen somebody so pissed off and polite at the same time. And I said, and that's the last fucking time you're going to see it. Were no. you like, oh my God, welcome to Housewives? Like, we're not even a Oh, that second. Was, that was just like, now I realize, okay, now I get it. Now I get it. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be the one that you target, just like every other reality I've done. So good. Good to know. Now I know. Lesson learned. Check. And get ready. What other reality have you done? Hmm. Should I know this? I don't know. My uh, entree reality was um, a show on TV land called She's Got the Look. It was a modeling competition for older women. And um, and I came in like third, second runner up. Really? Yeah. It was TV fun. I, 
I enjoyed it, but there was a crazy girl on that show who was constantly attacking me. And I was like, and I just, you know what? I took it and I took it and I took it and I took it until finally one day I was like, what is your problem? You know, like seriously. And I just remember like some of the challenges were so, but you know, I love competition. I love to be challenged. Jim and I love it because we love to stretch our wings and that's when we grow is when we're challenged. So Totally. And like, I think with a Gemini, like, I always say, like, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. Like, Thank you. Because I'm kind means I'm a kind human. Don't forget that behind that kindness is a wall full of shit that could take you out. Seriously. Like, I'm, I, I have been more kind to my cast members than they will ever realize. Right. And uh, right. I'm the same way. I mean, not cast members, but if you draw a line down the middle and I'm on one side and you're on the other side, we'll game on. Like now we're going to go. Well, I've been polite even with game on. Were you shocked? Like, you know, that it was kind like, did you feel like, yeah, this is the everyone against Leanne show, like right from the beginning. Every season. I mean, it was just reiterated. I mean, it was like same, same, same like this was the you know what i got like a break i just i lost my joy i wasn't enjoying doing it and people are like you just don't want to have fun on cast trips and i'm like no because i go on a cast trip and i'm like this what you gonna do who's gonna come at me how can you enjoy it when you know you're gonna be the target i mean it's like being the turkey near thanksgiving come on and the cast trips are when they're with you like all day and night and just- That's when all the producers tell all the other girls to attack me. Right, totally. And I've been told that Brittingham and Brandy that in Mexico, both of those girls were tasked to attack me. So, I mean, you know, it's, it doesn't end, you know, it doesn't end. And the thing is, it's like if I, that there was a balance to it, I would probably stayed just to try to see the balance play out but I've never seen a balance on that show and so I think it was a lot put upon me every year and I wasn't paid for it and I wasn't talked to about it and I wasn't respected for it and it just I needed a break I mean I really did yeah I mean I can't think of any I'm just trying to think like any other franchise you know, like it's different. Yeah. You know, like maybe towards the end of New Jersey, like Danielle Staub, but even she had Teresa. Danielle, but Danielle created a lot for herself. You know, if you, if you go back and really look at every fight I've been in, I never start them. I never start them. You know, that's true. Deandra was the one pushed me on the chest and almost knocked me down a flight of stairs. And you know what? She's lucky Gary Duber grabbed my fist. She is. And like you and Deandra were really good friends or friends before the show. I would say, well, since, you know, a lot, a lot comes to light, you know, when you get put in front of a camera. Here's the thing about being put in front of a camera that I don't think people realize. Camera will highlight who you like. It brings out who you really are. For me, it didn't really change me that much. I tried to be better every year, which is genuinely who I am, a good person trying to do good. Um, I showed that Deandra, I was probably Deandra's friend. I don't know that Deandra was ever mine. 
you know? And that's, it was, that is very hurtful and very sad, you know, very sad. And there was times on the show when I can remember being so hurt and so sad and, um, and every single crew member hugging me on the way out the door when I was crying, like, I don't know why she's doing this to me, you know? And I didn't understand. And it just, her, her innate, like, hate for me is just it's sad she's still attacking me on social media so i mean it's just to me what has she said recently has she said anything specifically oh someone was calling her out on something on some instagram account and she was of course accusing them of being me and you know didn't i have all that time on my hands didn't i have something better to do with my life and i was like so i i saw it i mean someone sent it to me and because I don't spend my days on social media, I just don't. Not anymore. I'm living. I'm living my life and loving every minute of it. And someone sent it to me, and I got on there, and I was like, "Yo, bitch, you you think that's me? Let's go. Pick up the phone. You know how hard it is to pick up a phone and call someone. Oh, but you can't do that. You know what that takes? Cajones. That's what it takes. You see, that's my problem. I got balls that drag the ground." And I always will have them, and they're never going to go away, and ain't nobody gonna castrate my ass. So, you're just like, if you want to talk, let's talk. And then you never heard from her. No, it's the it's the um, it's the a uh, whisper to everybody how horrible she is, so that people believe that she's horrible. And it's like I'm not, I'm not. And if you've got something to say, and you really want to resolve, if you really wanted to resolve something. You know you'd pick up the phone and call, but you don't want to resolve anything. You love this create hate towards, you know, a human. And I'm just not into it. It's not who I am. It's not what I'm about. You know, I started doing day help on Wednesdays and doing live Instagrams, trying to get people through this pandemic. And, you know, I'm out there serving food to the hungry and the homeless. And that's who I am. I'm not selling products on Instagram. So I take it you don't use hard, hard night, good day. I've tried it. But you don't still use it. Mm. I don't really have any hard nights, honey. All I have are good nights. I love it. Do you, do you think everyone was there or is there for the right reasons? Like Stephanie, Brandy. I mean, do you think anyone's there just for the fame? Yes. I think more than one person is there just for the fame. I think one person is there for, I think two people are there for the checkbook. Um, I think two people are, three people are there for the, two people are checkbook, two people for fame, and one person just because she really loves the franchise. So who wants the fame? Now, we, let, it, it, it'd be the opposite extremes. What does that mean? It'd be the, the two casts who have extremes. The two you don't think, the two I'm not thinking of is who probably. Okay, you name them and I'll let you know if you got it. Well, I would say, if you're going to say who wants the, you're turning this around on me, aren't you? You see how good Geminis are? Well, I would say, so who's there for the checkbook? Okay, well, Stephanie Holman is not there for the check. Nope. She has sex with her checkbook. 
I would say great when you can lay on your back for a living, but child, I get off my back and work. I would say Brandy's there for the check. I would say that too. And I would say Deandra's there for the check. Cameron's there for the check? No. Cameron's just there. Cameron loves the series. That's that's like what I would have thought. And she's good at it. She is good at it. So Deandra's there for the fame, and then Stephanie, you must be saying, is there for the fame. Yep. I mean, I'm sorry, but be who you are on social media. You can't go out and, like, preach helping others, and then here we are, what, two months into a pandemic, and I have not seen you help anyone anywhere, any place. I have served meals to first responders. I've served meals to the hospital. I've served meals to the homeless. Like, where are you in this pandemic? Because you present yourself as the most compassionate persons on the planet. So, you know, I'm certainly not the one attending a homophobic anti-Semite church. Who's that? Andrew. They built a wing on it. Wow. Aww. I'm just taking it all in, Leah, and I'm just taking it all in. Do you think do you think you would have had a different time on the show? Like, okay, so obviously Stephanie and Brandy are a are one are one. It takes both of them to create one character. Yes. And so do you think your relationship with either of the two would have been different if the other wasn't there? No, because neither one of them are who they present themselves to be. No. No, not at all. No. So regardless, it was... Regardless of the show, those two are... No. Mm -mm. Do you think they get special treatment? I think one of them does. And I can prove it. I mean, shoot, when we went down to Correas, um, our, we, our flights were delayed or canceled or something. And I remember... Um, uh, there was only one nonstop American Airlines first, two nonstop first class American Airlines seats from Mexico back to Dallas. And um, Stephanie and Brandy got those. And the rest of us th flew three hours later through Mexico City with a two hour connection in Mexico City and didn't get back to Dallas until like eight o'clock at night. Well, there you go. I mean, that's his. That was a production company choice. Wow. Wow what? I'm just taking it all there's in. So many, there's so many instances like that where I've literally had producers who only worked on us for a season be like, I've never seen this happen on another show. And I'm like, I know. And people don't know. So, you know. I, I think Cam is right in a sense that, you know, we have all these things that we say and do on camera. Then it gets cut down. And you're like, Leanne's insane. And, but you didn't see what led up to Leanne being insane, you know? You saw what you thought of me just attacking someone when I had been taking it like the dinner in Thailand. How long was I going to sit there and just be like... Right, like there's only so much you can take. I listened to it for an hour and 15 minutes at that dinner party before the producers made me get up and have a conversation with them and said, it's obvious that you feel a certain way. Why don't you just say something? 
And I'm like, again, why is it always on me? Why is the load always on my back? Right. Like, do you feel like you were the one that was like, Leanne, carry the show this season? Let me just ask you a question. When you think of Dallas season one, two, three, or four, what's the first name that pops in your head? Then that's the answer to that period at the end, put a cork in it. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, but it, it felt like that. I mean, there were times when Bravo executives would say, please do nothing, do nothing this season. You know, these other girls have to step up. And I'm like, I, I, being a Gemini, you know what that's like, like do nothing. Why don't you just fire me? Get me, I'm like, I can't do nothing. That is not my personality. I'm gonna sit at a dinner waiting for some shit to happen and just what, pick my nose? Right. Like, I, uh, I would I, rather, I'm not I can't. Just almost said, but I, I just would rather be, you know, choked to death. I mean, come on. What were you gonna say? Um, no, I, I get it. I mean, I, I can't see you sitting there and being a wallflower for a whole season. It just couldn't, you know, it really couldn't. And I actually really did try to do that last season. And it just, it was, ne- it just wasn't allowed. Do you, you know? still speak to Cameron now? Like, are you? Oh, no, yeah. Oh, no, we're good friends. She was in the drive up. Yeah. How do you think she's going to do without you there? Like, is she worried without you there? I think she watched how they treated me and what happened to me. And I think she's prepared, you know? And I think she's actually willing to play the game. Whereas I just don't do games. I'm not going to be on your Instagram. Love you, girl. And then not really, you know? I just, there's nothing fake me. There just isn't. It's a personality driven on truth, you know? There's a lot of franchises I've seen do that where people make a post and this one's loving this one. And I'm like, you hate her in real life. Like, are you kidding me? I mean. And they do. And that shit drives me insane. And the audience eats it up like it's real and it's not like it's a game and I just, I'm not going to play games. I'm not going to lie to the audience. I'm not going to play games. I am who I am as Popeye once said, and that's it. How do you think it's going to be? How do you think the franchise is going to do without you? I don't know. I don't know who they're going to talk about. Thanks for tuning in to our part one sit down with the one, the only Miss Leanne Lockett. And stay tuned for part two, where we talk more about Real Housewives of Dallas, Leanne's castmates, and of course, all that went down between her and Carrie Brigham this past season on the Real Housewives of Dallas. Stay tuned, guys. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, 
We're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.